Welcome to Mad Lit Musings, a podcast with Jamie Jo Wright, where we go deeper and ask the tough and dangerous questions. Today's episode is sponsored by Ravel and Bethany House Publishers, which are divisions of Baker Publishing Group. Find out more at bakerpublishinggroup.com. Hi, everyone. It is Jamie Jo right here at Madlet Musings, and I'm excited today, like always, but always excited because the authors we have here are super cool. And today we have Karen Wittemeyer with us. Hi, Karen. Hello. <laughs> we are celebrating your new book called Fairest of the Heart that releases on June 6th. Um, you know, the first time I saw the cover, I was just telling you, I decided I wanted all my book covers from here on out to be yellow because it's <laughs> super sunshiny and happy and not at all what I write. But <laughs> yours, your 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 book cover gives off the vibe of Snow White and the title's Fairest of the Hearts. So I'm assuming that was on purpose. Absolutely, it was. So yeah, this is the first book of my Texas Ever After series, which, as the name implies, is going to be a series of uh, fairy tale retellings um, with a Texas twist, of course, since that's kind of my thing is is Texas historical westerns. Um, and I had a lot of fun playing homage to the classic Disney Snow White. So, you know, Disney's Snow White has this yellow skirt and this, you know, blue and red uh, top with the puffy sleeves. And I wanted, how can I do that and still be true to the time period and all of that? And so I had fun in the story. She's kind of piecing together some clothes that had been, you know, donated to her. Um, and then in the cover, they really captured that style, especially with the little puff sleeve, yeah. which was actually true to that time period. Um, mm -hmm. And so it was really well done. I thought when you look at it, you kind of get that Snow White vibe. Yes. And if people are watching on YouTube, it's the book right over your shoulder. Oh, and I have a copy. Thank you. Right and you have a copy right there. Awesome. Ah, I love <laughs> it. I love it. Yeah, it totally has a Snow White vibe. But like you said, it fits the era that you're writing in. Cause I noticed even just the style of her clothes. I'm like, that was really smart graphic work. <laughs> yes. They did a great job. They really did. Okay. So Snow White is one of my favorite Disney's. Um, do you have animals in your book? I just have to ask. I do. I yes. do. There's um, the, the one main ant besides the horses okay. um, the one main animal um, is a dog who I, I don't want to give too much away, but he was, he was injured and being, you know, kind of nursed back to health. And because he was kind of a discarded dog and mm -hmm. she kind of felt like she had been discarded, the two of them really bonded. Uh -huh. um, and so he becomes part of the family and, and all of that. And so the two of them are very close. But ironically enough, the hero is the one who finds the dog. And so he also has a relationship with the dog. So it kind of helps bring them together. But hey, I, like I did that. have fun with, you know, Snow White sings to the animals and all of that. So I did have a bird that flew by and, you know, a few other little uh, <laughs> little tidbits just thrown in there for fun. So. Some Snow White homages. That's and right. Then, and then, you know, you have the the witch with the, the warty nose and the poison <laughs> apple. I'm, I'm assuming you probably didn't go quite that far. <laughs> so just like in, in, you know, the Disney Snow White, um, the, the evil queen is really a very beautiful woman, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so in my story, the, the villainess is this very stunningly beautiful actress 
um, who um, my Penelope Snow is the name of the heroine. Um, she as, is a maid working for this, this actress. And so it's kind of the play off of, you know, the woman um, who uses her beauty to um, manipulate men and to further her career mm -hmm. and all of that. And who really kind of sadly is so dependent on her beauty for her identity that she, when she starts to kind of age out of, of prime time, um, you know, she doesn't really know how to handle that. And so she kind of takes things way too far. Whereas Penelope is kind of the innocent, um, humble person who is still extremely beautiful, but she tries to minimize her beauty. Mm -hmm. um, and because she's had some kind of scandals in the past that have come back to hurt her. And so um, she's trying to hide her beauty but it's her inner beauty, of course, that just really shines shines through and, and attracts the the hero. So that's so cool. I love it. I love it. And so it takes place in Texas. We have a hero. We have a heroine. We have a dog. We have a villainess. What else do we have in this book? I mean, is there coffee for me at least, Karen? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's some coffee in there somewhere. But of course, the biggest Snow White character group that you can't mm -hmm. miss are the seven dwarves right True. and so they i had so much fun so we have seven retired drovers at the diamond d ranch <laughs> so, and it is just so much fun so these are a bunch of you know retired cowboys who didn't have families of their own and didn't really have a place to go once they were too old to do the work that they were hired to do and so it's kind of this this geriatric nursing home for these old cowboys, you know? <laughs> but they all still have their skills and their abilities and, and all of that. And so they've kind of made their own little family. And of course, the one who is in charge of it all um, is a former doctor. And so he's, of course, Doc. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I had fun with some of the names. So they're all cowboy names, but there's a few that kind of have some direct tie to the, the seven dwarves. So um, Dusty, Okay. Um, is sneezy so he has hay <laughs> fever and is sneezing a lot um and coy is a synonym for bashful and so yes. he's kind of the the shy you know quiet in the background kind of guy uh -huh. um and so then but i have you know characters for all so there's a grumpy character and there's a happy character and there and there's a lot of banter that goes along uh with those uh seven grandfathers as they kind of become to the oh, heroine as she takes refuge at that ranch yes um so that to me that was where I added a lot of the humor and a lot of the fun really came in and of course there's some missing jewels too so Ooh. we have you know the the seven dwarves were minors in the right. original story and right. so we kind of have some fun playing with that as well oh gosh it's not so much fun you know when I was little the seven dwarves were exactly what you just said they were the grandfathers and I loved all of them and was, I would go to bed at night and I would wish that they were positioned around my bed, like the little, little fierce protectors. And I think if I'd woken up and actually seen some, I would have freaked out, but it was a good <laughs> thought at the moment. <laughs> oh, this sounds so much fun. And so, okay. So you're writing the story, there's missing jewels and I'm going to, you know, go out on a limb and say there's romance. Well, yes. So, I mean, I can't write a story without it. So <laughs> there absolutely is. And of course, the hero is a Texas Ranger. So okay. instead of a prince, he's a Texas Ranger. And he has reason to suspect Penelope of being the jewel thief. Okay. And so that that's, you know, so they're at odds at, at first because, you know, he's he's all about, you know, 
pushing his career to the next level. Um, she's just trying to hide and recover from the the ill treatment that she's received. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's some there's some conflict at the beginning. But, you know, obviously he um, he sees that there is more to her than what he was led to believe. And so they kind of together work um, to find out who the real um culprit is culprit. So. yes awesome that sounds so cool I love it I love it so when you were writing um these books what gave you the 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 idea of retelling Snow White I mean that's not synonymous with Texas so I'm not sure it my brain not. would have gone there <laughs> well and you know this is just one of those things where you you write what you love right yeah. so I was that little girl who had the Fisher Price plastic um, record player and mm -hmm. those records that I would have the Disney storybooks to read along with and sing the songs and all. So, I mean, I just, that's, I think that's why I love romance now is because I fell in love with fairy tales, you know, as a kid and just love that happily ever after and that warm yeah. feeling you get and, you know, that kind of thing. And so I, I've always loved fairy tales. And I, when I, when I think about how that kind of combined with cowboys, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that um, there are the just kind of things that are timeless. And so when I've seen uh, fairy tales retold, I've seen them done in medieval settings. I've seen them done in kind of fantasy-esque settings. I've seen quite a few done in contemporary settings. I really hadn't seen much of any done in Western historical settings. And mm -hmm. so I thought, well, maybe this is a new place where people who love fairy tale retellings can find cowboys yeah. and maybe this is a place that cowboy lovers can find you know fairy tale retelling and just maybe maybe appeal to a new group of of readers mm -hmm. um and also just combine two things that i love and that yeah. are fun for me and so yeah. i it's it's been a, a lot of fun to kind of combine two of the things that give me such joy and I'm hoping they give readers joy as well oh yeah no that's that's so cool and I love that too that you get to kind of revisit your child now <laughs> you mentioned like the record player with the storybooks and like you know there's some people listening to this going what's that and I'm thinking oh I used to listen to the jungle book and Aristocats we get them from the library and we get the big LP records and, oh yes oh those are the best it's, it's like <laughs> our form of Disney streaming service that's right. In 1980 something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, for me, it was 1980 something. I'm sure you probably did all the you know replays in the 1990s because you're a little oh, younger than me. I, well, I was a child of the 80s. But, <laughs> you know, really a child of the 70s and the 80s. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun. I love it. I love it. So one thing I know about you, Karen, is you also like to weave your faith into your books. And I think that's one of the things that Christian readers really love about your books is they know they're not just going to get entertainment, but they're going to get some sort of a faith message or theme or something that they can hopefully incorporate into their own walk um, with the Lord. So tell us a little bit about the journey that you take your characters on um, through this story. Absolutely. Um, so there's there's a lot of little threads that kind of go through one of the big overarching um, themes is kind of this idea of family and belonging. Um, you know, Penelope was abandoned as an infant and left on the, the steps of a girl's school and she was kind of raised on charity and she never really felt like she had a place that she truly belonged. And so she was kind of seeking that. Um, Titus, the hero, um, has he's lost a brother. That's what um, got him interested in pursuing um, law enforcement with the Rangers was trying to, you know, find that justice and, and closure for his family. Um, and so he has some some wounds that he's carrying around as well. He's kind of closed himself off 
um, not wanting to get too close to anybody because he doesn't trust them and right. you know that kind of thing. And of course, then you have all these grandfather characters, you know, who have kind of made their own little family and they're welcoming both Titus and Penelope into this, into mm. this family. And so being that message of, um, being willing to put yourself out there and yeah. not be closed off out of fear of rejection or, you know, that kind of thing, but also just, um, seeing, seeing yourself through the eyes of God, how he sees worth in everybody, no matter what your background or what you've been through and that kind of thing, um, you have worth and you have value and, um, being able to surround yourself with people who see that as well. Yeah. And, and, and seeking those kind of people instead of those that are going to be putting you down and, and yeah. trotting on you and that kind of thing. Um, they also have to deal with um, a lot of deception. So the villainous is is very deceitful and works behind the scenes and that kind of thing. And so finding finding truth and standing up for truth, even when it puts you at risk. Mm -hmm. um, and so those kind of ideas as well come through. And of course, depending on, on, on God and your faith to see you through these hard times when, you know, Penelope is one of those characters who... Um, some people might find her a little too perfect because she's able to keep a positive attitude, even when she's been abused and, and through some really horrible things. Mm -hmm. um, but I have found in my life anyway, that to me, that's one of the biggest weapons as Christians that we have. There's yeah. a reason why the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's yeah. because if you can find joy and find a positive way to look at things, it gives you the strength to keep going, even when life is so ugly. Um, and so that's another theme that just is kind of, it, it doesn't really, it's not overt, but it's just kind of there right. woven through the characterization of the story. Yeah. Well, that's great too, because, you know, you think about it and we could all sit down in a room, everybody listening right now, and we could all share an element of either a trial or a persecution or something that we're going through. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like I've heard negatives about Snow White before from the standpoint of she's not realistic. She's just too happy. If someone's chasing me through the woods, I'm not going to be singing songs to animals, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, yeah, right. You know, she needs to go get an ax for herself, but, you know, <laughs> but then, you know, you think about it and there is that concept of um, what is it? Paul says, you know, and I, I always paraphrase cause I can't memorize anything to save my life, but, you know, consider it joy when you face trials of any kind, it doesn't like qualify when you face, you know, trials that are above the grade of eight to 10, you know, right, like, right. even if your trial's a one, consider it joy. If your trial's a 10, <laughs> you're really going to have to work for it, but still great. You're teething, consider it joy. So loaded question, when you have gone through life and you face trials and persecutions, how have you personally found the ability to find joy like what is the difference between joy and just a really good day are you enjoying today's broadcast with our featured author you can find out more about them and other authors from baker publishing group at bakerbookhouse.com Use code MADLIT40 for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title at bakerbookhouse.com. This also includes Ravel and Bethany House Publishing. Go over fast. It's MADLIT40. That's your magic code for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title.
Absolutely. So um, obviously joy is, is not synonymous with happiness. I mean, I think happiness is very situation specific. Um, if things are going well, you're happy. If things are going bad, you're sad. Um, joy is, is, is bigger than that. It is, it, to me, it comes from a trust in God, right? We know that he, he can control anything. There is no problem too big for him. There is nothing he cannot handle. Um, and we can find joy in trusting him to take care of the situation. So I, I also like to think, to remind myself that no matter how dark it is right now, um, there are blessings all around me. I mm. just have to open my eyes to see them because when we get stuck in a negative rut, all we see is the negativity around us. But there are so many blessings that God is putting all around us to try to encourage our spirit and uplift us. And if we just shift our focus off of the negative onto what are my blessings? And mm. like that old song says, you know, count your many blessings, name them one by one. It seems like, okay, well, that's just, you know, very pithy and, and fine, but that's not real. Well, it really is because if you start focusing on the blessings and it can be something so small, like I walk outside and the sun happens to be shining. Thank you for that blessing. That's wonderful. You know, right. instead of just having your head down and just being so absorbed in your own trauma or whatever, being able to look around and, and see that God really has put a, thousands of blessings in our path if we have eyes to see them. And that's where the joy comes from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of a neat analogy when you you think you mentioned the sun shining and I'm picturing Snow White kind of coming into the woods and she's singing with the birds and she is enjoying the dwarves and, you know, yes, someone's trying to kill her. Um, not sure I can relate to that. That's never happened to me. So <laughs> thank goodness. We'll give her a, t we'll give her a 10. My trials are definitely a nine, but <laughs> you know, just the fact it, yeah, it's, it seems very talish, but at the same time, when you look at the promises of God, and I think that might be why some people are like, well, it can't be true because life isn't a fairy tale. And yet God's promises give us that impression that he's going to get us through with sunshine and butterflies as we're walking through a storm. And that seems, doesn't seem believable. Right. Right. Well, you know, that the whole idea of, you know, fairy tales is good triumphs over evil, love conquers all, mm -hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. And people think, well, that's not realistic. But if you look at what Jesus accomplished, right, it's not romantic love, but his love conquered all. It right. conquered everything. Yeah. And, you know, good really does triumph over evil in the end. And I think, I think one of the reasons why fairy tales are so popular is because there's a piece of us that I think recognizes that that's what we long for. We long to believe that good is going to triumph over evil. We long to believe that love really can conquer all. Yeah. Um, and I think we see that in what Jesus accomplished, um, even if it's not, you know, a romantic storyline. It's I think that's what what the bigger picture of love really is about. Yeah, it's like the greatest romance, really, mm -hmm. um, in, in, in one sense. And like you said, it's not romantic love, but um, that concept of the hero coming in, laying down their life, saving, saving the person that needs saved. And, you know, I even look at, I think sometimes we look at our trials and we're like, oh, this is horrible. But looking past the trial and where God's going to take us and what he's going to do with it, you know, a lot of times he asks us to walk through that. And you think about that with a fairy tale, you know, you didn't get to Snow White's ending until you got through all the middle junk with the, right. the warty witch, as I called her growing up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So, but we do need some apples in our lives that aren't poisoned. <laughs> that would be Please. a good thing. Just a few, Lord. 
few <laughs> non-poisonous apples would be great right about now. <laughs> oh, fun. Okay, so this is the first in a three-book set. There will be three uh, full-length novels, and then I'm planning a, um, a novella at the end as well. We'll see if that, okay. if that comes about or not, but yeah, yeah. for sure, three full-length novels. Okay, and so uh, can you tell us what other fairy tales might be highlighted, or is that top secret? No, I'm happy to, to talk yeah. about it. So um, book two will, uh, will be called If the Shoe Fits, or not If the Shoe, If the Boot Fits, sorry, because it's cowboy. And so it's a reverse on, um, you know, it's, so it's a Cinderella story instead of <laughs> Cinderella story. So we have we have a role reversal. Okay. Um, and of course, there's a cowboy boot that gets left at a ball and oh <laughs> you know, all this. So uh, this one will have a little more. The Snow White story, Fairest of Hearts, stayed fairly true to this overall storyline of, of Snow White. Mm -hmm. um, if the boot fits, we'll kind of have a few twists, not only the gender role reversal, um, but there's also, my heart gets a little bit sad with how, um, stepmothers are treated in fairy tales Yes, <laughs> because there are some really good stepmothers out there. There really are. Yeah. So we need to celebrate stepmothers, and, you know, <laughs> bend over backwards to make life better for them. And so, you know, since, since he plays the role of the Cinderella character, um, he has a stepmother and two stepbrothers and, um, she is just really um a loving nurturing mm. stepmother she is not the villainess in like in that. this story and so we keep the villain a little bit secret we don't know who okay. the villain is until the very end of the story because that was you know one of the twists that i wanted to do right. um so but it is kind of a um you know she is the daughter of the cattle king you know of the area and so you know she has that princess role he's mm -hmm. the the pauper uh, cowboy who's just barely making ends meet and you know that kind of thing and so anyway that's that's going to be a fun uh, Cinderella retelling and then book three is probably even more of a step away so mm -hmm. it's going to be a mashup of um, Little Red Riding Hood and okay. Sleeping Beauty Ooh. which seems kind of they don't overlap too much but um, anyway so it's my I don't know if this is going to be the official title or not my current working title is Riding with Miss Hood um, Sorry. <laughs> to have kind of the play off of you know Little Red Riding Hood mm -hmm. and um, but her backstory and kind of the plot that's pushing her along is more similar um, to Sleeping Beauty's backstory okay. and, and plot so there's um, you know there's a threat that's going to come when she turns 21 and you know all this kind mm -hmm. of stuff and she has to go into hiding and then she you know and so there's a lot of of um, of the Sleeping Beauty backstory and plot, whereas she also is in the woods with a with a hooded cape. So <laughs> yeah, hey, you know, so, mashups so can be great. Martha <laughs> <laughs> and I thought you were going to be like, it's Aladdin meets Sleeping Beauty. I'm like, oh, do we have a flying magic carpet in Texas? <laughs> Ooh, that would be fun. I'm sure we could figure out something. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, that would be interesting. Now my brain's working on that one, but that would be your novella, right? <laughs> And of course, my very favorite fairy tale is Beauty and the Beast. And so right okay. now that is the planned, um, if I can do a novella and squeeze it in, because it's not currently contracted. So yeah. it would probably be an indie novella, but I would really love to do a, a Beauty and the Beast because who doesn't love Belle? I mean, she's book loving princess. You got to yeah. do something with her. I that. mean, you, you can't. <laughs> in fact, I used to, have you ever taken those tests on, they're so dumb, 
those little <laughs> Facebook tests, you know, like which Disney princess are you? Yeah. And I always, I even try and rig the answers like, oh, this is going to get me Belle. This is getting, and I always, <laughs> always get Mulan. I never get Belle. <laughs> like, but books, <laughs> not swords. Apparently there's a fighter spirit in me or something that I wasn't aware of, but um, <laughs> yeah, Belle is, I think she might be the ultimate fairy tale for book lovers. Yeah. I really do. And I'm really torn on whether I like the cartoon version or the live action version. They were both good. So I definitely think we need a Karen Wittemeyer version because then that'll <laughs> just, that's just going to take it. So. Well, I'll do my best. <laughs> oh, fun. All right. So if um, readers want to get a hold of you, this book, learn more about you, because you've got a whole backlist of stories to read, um, where do they go? So the easiest place to, to find me and my books is on my website, karenwittemeyer.com. Um, that's, you know, have all the information there for you. Um, if you want to uh, interact with me, the place where I am the most active online is in my Facebook group called The Posse. So if you, there's a link on my website or if you just search Facebook for The Posse, you should be able to find it. Um, and I'm there five days a week. Mm -hmm. um, we have wonderful conversations about books, about cowboys, about um, just life. And um, one of the things that I love about this group is they um, help me brainstorm some of my characters. They'll help Fine. me find, hey, we think this would be a really cool looking hero. And, yeah. and um, they help me with name. They were the ones that helped me name the seven dwarves. <laughs> That's awesome. And so, yeah, they really take an active role in, in helping me as I'm, you know, trying to figure out what these people are going to look like and what they're going to be named and, you know, all that kind of stuff. They they especially helped me name like the animals. So we had, you know, like the, the horse and the, the dog and all of that. So it, it's a lot of fun. I like to keep my readers involved in, in the process yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh, that's super fun. So yeah, definitely check out Karen's Facebook group, the Posse. And you said we can find that just by going to your website, which is karenwittemeyer.com. Correct. Yes. All right. Awesome. Well, if you have not read Karen Wittemeyer and you're a Christian book reader, then go read Karen Wittemeyer. If you're not a Christian book reader, go read Karen Wittemeyer. <laughs> and if you love fairy tales, then definitely read The Fairest of Heart, which comes out June 6th. And um, we'll be hitting bookstores really soon, like a couple days as far as when we're recording this podcast. And um, I have my copy, so I'm going to go take pictures with it and <laughs> post it all over social media so y'all can see the pretty yellow cover. So... Karen, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been a blast. I've had so much fun. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for listening to Madlit Musings. You can find out more information about Madlit and all that it has to offer at madlitmentoring.com. That's madlitmentoring.com. Or check out more about Jamie Jo Wright at jamiewrightbooks.com.